Hey, welcome to the Word Weaver podcast, a place dedicated to the powerful web words weave and the deep layers they uncover. Here you'll find a compilation of tips, tricks, and words of wisdom from writers, authors, creatives, and entrepreneurs. Basically, cool people doing cool things in the world and how they've used words as weapons of mass creation and inspiration. You'll also hear from me, your host, Louise Johnson. I'm a former marketing maven in New York and Switzerland. I left a lucrative job to follow my dream of becoming a writer. It's a never-ending journey, so I figured we should all be in it together. I've learned a lot along the way, but it's a constant evolution. My favorite part is how little by little, letters turn into words, words become sentences, sentences become paragraphs, and before you know it, you've created something from nothing. And whenever that happens in life, it's nothing short of magic. So grab a coffee or a glass of wine, and let's dive into today's chapter. Hey, welcome back to the Word Weaver podcast. You're listening to chapter nine on how to write a strong opening chapter. And I'll also discuss how to write a strong opening sentence, which is really the most important part of your entire book. I'll be sharing my five key tips of how to write a really impactful and powerful chapter that'll hook not only a reader, but also a literary agent. I really wanted to take a full podcast chapter today to talk about this because the beginning of anything in the world is the most important part. If you think of Netflix, for example, there's so many shows on there. You could start one, but if the first few minutes, even less than that, if the first 30 seconds of a show on Netflix doesn't pique my interest, then I quickly backtrack and pick a new one because there's so many other things that I could be watching or doing with my time. It's the same with starting a new job. First impressions are everything. So when you shake hands with your new team or your new boss, those opening lines of how you introduce and present yourself sets the tone for how they'll perceive you moving forward. Books are no different. The cover design is the first thing that people will see, and that's what will get them to pick up the book in the first place. But the first sentence and the first paragraph of your opening chapter are arguably even more important than the cover design because that's what's going to get them to buy your book. If they're not hooked from that opening line, then chances are they're going to close that book and put it right back on the shelf. It's the same thing when you're trying to get a literary agent. That opening sentence is their first foray into your writing, the tone of voice for the book, the setting, the main characters. So you really want to take your time when writing the opening chapter. I know that I was really intimidated going into the writing process after I finished my outline and sat down to write the first chapter because I could feel the weight of importance of, wow, this is the first thing that people are going to read. It's the first appetizer, if you will, of the entree of my book. That's a really cheesy metaphor, but it's the first thing that came to mind. I did find that the outlining process, which you can learn more about in chapter seven of the Word Weaver podcast, really helped me to establish where I wanted the book to start. Before I outlined, I had five different scenes where I thought that I wanted my book to start and then the plot to unfold from there, which is a lot. But through outlining, I kind of came to a natural beginning point. Also, just to note that you can always go back and change your starting scene once you've written the whole book from beginning to end. That might change your whole narrative structure. So don't let the intimidation of sitting down to write your first chapter block you from ever writing the book that you want to write. Just know that you have the freedom to go back at the end and always rewrite that scene if there's something that you feel more pulled to do once you've finished the whole thing. A technique that a lot of writers use is to write your ending scene and then go back and fill in the blanks at the beginning. Or if there's another scene that comes somewhere in the middle of your plot, 
then write that first if it's coming to you vividly and clearly. That'll just get your writing juices going and it might enlighten you to how you should start the book. Just like an essay you would have done in high school, you want your opening sentence to somehow, it can be very vague and loosely, tie into your closing scene at the end of the book, but also tie in nicely in the closing scene at the end of the chapter. You kind of want to think of your chapters as standalone stories that have their own mini plot arcs that take the reader on a little journey within the bigger journey of your entire narrative. The opening chapter is also where you figure out the tense of your book. Is it present tense or past tense? Most books are written in past tense, by the way. And also where you set up the point of view. Are you writing from the first person point of view, the third person point of view? Do you have multiple alternating points of view? So now that we've established the importance of your opening chapter, and within that your opening paragraph and the first sentence, here are my five tips for writing a strong opening chapter. The first is to add mystery. You don't want to overload the reader with too much backstory or a lot of information in your opening chapter. People are smart and readers are smart. You can trust that they'll figure it out as you go along and you can unveil the backstory throughout the following chapters. A good opening chapter plays to a reader's intelligence. It allows them to fill in some plot holes and it piques their interest to want to learn more. You can do this by dropping little hints, careful details. You want your reader to be curious. There's a cliched saying in journalism and in pretty much every writing book you could get your hands on that says, show, don't tell. Show, don't tell. What that means is show your reader through little scenes, through little tidbits, what they can expect. Don't tell them the whole narrative plot line, what happened in their childhood exactly. That's a surefire way to induce boredom. Along those lines, my second tip is to avoid cliches. If you want your opening chapter to be captivating, you can't use what everybody else has used. Some examples of this are waking up from a dream sequence, once upon a time, walking down the street and the sun is shining. You want your opening to be original, honest, and brave. Using cliches feels safe because it's something your eye has read before or seen in a movie, but in this day and age, it's not enough to capture somebody's attention. That being said, there are some things you can do to tweak a cliche. You can do this by adding a unique twist or an action sequence. Instead of waking up from a dream, the sharp blade of a knife against their throat from a pirate is a way to add a little bit more excitement and drama to that age-old cliche. My third tip is to start with a conflict or an action that disrupts the status quo. This can be a fast-moving, thrilling sequence like a car chase or a bank heist, but it can also be something mundane that changes the status quo. It doesn't have to be guns blazing, cars on fire, all of that you see in those action-packed adventure movies. In Harry Potter, for example, the beginning of the first book doesn't start with a huge action sequence fighting with Voldemort. It starts off very mundane at the Dursley household, and a baby is suddenly dropped off on their doorstep, which turns out to be Harry Potter. But we don't know the significance of that until later chapters when it jumps 10 years ahead and Harry becomes a wizard. Harry's backstory and the wizarding world aren't revealed until subsequent chapters. But the fact that in chapter one, he's dropped off on the doorstep, that's the first inciting conflict or incident that sparks the action and allows the narrative to unfold naturally from there. My fourth tip is that the first chapter, and ideally the first paragraph, introduces your main character. 
one thing that I've learned through writing, but also just being a reader, is that people read books from beginning to end only about characters that they feel connected to. If a reader doesn't feel connected to the main character within the first few pages of that first chapter, chances are that they're not going to continue reading chapter 2 or chapter 3 about someone that they just do not care about. I do want to make it clear that it doesn't mean your main character has to be sweet and super likable. It means that they have to have human traits that people connect to or can see themselves in. We all have dark moments or in bad sides, so if your main character is a villain and by the end of the book they become a hero, you've ticked all the boxes of what should happen to a character. They should go on a quest, they should experience some sort of transformation, and they should have human qualities that people see themselves in. Lastly, my fifth tip is that your first chapter should establish a setting. You want to invoke a sense of place so that people feel grounded and that they can picture where the main character or characters are situated. A good way to think about establishing setting or a sense of place is by using all five senses. If you need a refresher, they are taste, sight, touch, smell, and sound. You can use one, two, three, or all five of these senses, and it'll really place the reader directly into that cinematic scene. A lot of movies do this. They start with birds chirping, a waterfall, a train rushing past, somebody describing the taste of the food that they're eating at a restaurant and then from that scene they unveil the rest of the story kind of like a puzzle. A bonus tip after you finish your outline and you're sitting down to write your first chapter is to just pick up some of your favorite books off the shelf or go get them at the library and look at those opening sentences, how they craft the opening chapters and get a feel for how they weave in their backstory because you know that those have been edited multiple times through multiple iterations and ultimately were good enough to catch the attention of a literary agent, a publisher, and then somebody in a bookstore. A lot of good writing comes from good reading. You obviously won't be copying it verbatim, but it's always good to look at for inspiration. Before we close out today's chapter, I want to give you some examples from Harry Potter. I use this book a lot as a reference just because a lot of people have heard of it. Even if you haven't read it, you kind of know it's about a wizard in a wizarding world. Somebody's heard of Hogwarts, so it's a good point of reference. Also, if you've been listening this long, I will share my opening sentence for my forthcoming book. For Harry Potter, the opening line in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the first sentence that kicked off the entire best-selling series was, Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four, Privet Drive, were proud to say that they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. That's it. That's the opening sentence for Harry Potter. But as you can see, it sets the scene. It establishes a baseline of normalcy so you know that throughout the journey of the story something abnormal is going to take place. It's not a flashy over-the-top action sequence but as you read the rest of the Harry Potter books there's wizarding duels, it gets a lot more thrilling and intense. So there's a genius in the fact that she establishes this baseline of a mundane everyday normal life because you know that something is going to be disrupted in that normalcy. It's not a cliche, it's an original sentence. The action of this chapter is when a baby is dropped off on Mr. and Mrs. Dursley's doorstep. J.K. Rowling doesn't weave in the whole backstory of Harry Potter yet, she just drops us little hints, like the newspaper headline, He Who Must Not Be Named Has Vanquished. Mr. Dursley has started seeing more people walking around in cloaks, and he wonders if it's a new fashion statement. 
she's piquing our interest as to what these weird occurrences could be about and why is it happening to such a quote-unquote normal family, as she says in that opening line. The following chapters then jump to 10 years later when Harry Potter finally becomes a wizard. And she slowly weaves in his backstory about his parents and how he came to be at number four, Privet Drive. The second book in the Harry Potter series, which is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, actually starts pretty much the same way as the opening line in the first chapter of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. The first sentence in the Chamber of Secrets is, Not for the first time an argument had broken out over breakfast at number four, Privet Drive. I really like the symmetry and continuity of that between the first and second books. I think it's clever that she started the first sentence of the first two books at the exact same place, number four, Privet Drive. It gives the reader a chance to reestablish at a baseline before all of the crazy action takes place throughout the rest of the book. Yet it also shows some progression from the Sorcerer's Stone where everything was normal and ordinary. Now arguments are starting to break out. If you're still listening, I'm going to be sharing exclusively the first sentence to my forthcoming book. I won't reveal the title just yet. Lots more information to come in further chapters of the Word Weaver podcast, I promise. Before I share the first sentence of my first chapter, I want to talk to you a little bit about the difference between a preface, a foreword, and a prologue. Almost every book has one of these three things that come before the first chapter. A lot of books also have an epilogue, which comes at the end of the book, after the last chapter. I didn't really know the difference between all of these things before I sat down to write, but there is quite a distinct difference. A preface is a short introduction to the book that's not actually a part of the story. It sets the stage, it establishes context, it's a way for the author to explain more about the topic and why he or she decided to write that specific book, if they think that's important for the reader to know before they dive into the actual story. A prologue is similar to a preface as it also establishes context for the book, but the difference is that it's actually a part of the rest of the plot. It's part of the narrative. A good example is Lord of the Rings. It has both a preface and a prologue, which is kind of rare. But the preface is the author explaining why he decided to write this book, giving readers some information on how to understand the different worlds that he writes about. Then the prologue actually is part of the whole narrative. It introduces the hobbits and the quest for the ring. Then a foreword in a book is usually written by someone other than the author. Oftentimes you'll see that in a lot of celebrity memoirs. It's somebody influential who they've tapped to write a little introduction before their first chapter. This is usually a little bit of a marketing ploy, or if it's an autobiography of a famous person in history and they're no longer living, it could be a relative or somebody who knew them who writes the foreword. In my book, it's nonfiction, I have a preface that comes before my first chapter. I debated for a while whether or not I needed one, but I think it really does ground the reader in the story before it unfolds and it explains why I wanted to write this book. I felt it was important to establish that context beforehand so that as readers went through the journey, they had this in the back of their mind of why I was compelled to share this story. That being said, I'll share the opening sentence for my preface and also the opening sentence for my first chapter. Keep in mind that I'm not sharing the entire first paragraphs, so the opening sentence might seem a little vague or weird to you, but that's okay, I don't want to give away too much information just yet. The opening line to my preface is... We all have a fictitious self, a facade that we wear like a mask. And then, drumroll, the opening sentence for my first chapter is, From above, Manhattan looked like an island of misfit toys. 
Without giving too much away, my book is divided into three different parts, but you can obviously see from the opening sentence of my first chapter that I establish a sense of place for part one. It also immediately lets the reader know that I'm looking at the city from a bird's eye view. I'm not coming in by train or car. I'm not within the streets of the city already. And that will become important later on. To summarize my five key tips of writing a strong opening chapter, the first one is to make sure that you keep it mysterious. Don't overload the reader with too much backstory or information. Drop little hints, careful details, make them curious. The second tip is to avoid all cliches. You want the opening to be original, honest, and brave. The third tip is to start with an action or a conflict within the first chapter that disrupts the status quo. This can be a big event or a little event that sets the character off on a quest throughout the rest of the book. Number four is to establish your main character within the opening pages of your first chapter. People care about people, so you need to make sure that your reader cares about your main character or characters so that they read the rest of your book. And again, it doesn't mean that they have to be super sweet and likable, it just means that they have to have human traits that the reader can see themselves in or relate to. The fifth tip is to establish your setting and a sense of place. You can do this by using all five senses, taste, sight, touch, smell, and sound. It doesn't have to be the same setting where the rest of the book takes place, it just has to be somewhere for the readers to be grounded before they go off on this journey. Basically, the most important thing of a strong first chapter is making sure that the reader wants to know more. You've got to hook them within the first few sentences, first few paragraphs, so that they're compelled to read more and follow along through the rest of the narrative. It might sound like common sense, which it is, but it's always easier said than done. That's why you shouldn't feel bad if your first chapter takes a lot longer than the subsequent chapters in your book. But also don't let the weight of the importance of the first chapter prevent you from even starting. You can write the ending scene, you can write a scene in the middle first, and fill in the first chapter later. After your first draft is done, you're gonna have multiple iterations and multiple drafts, so you can always change it. It's not set in stone. Go with your gut on where you feel the natural starting place is for your book, and that'll steer you in the right direction. If you have any questions along the way, I'm always here to answer them. I love talking about this stuff, as you can probably tell, and I truly believe that everybody is capable of writing a book. They just have to sit down and do the work. That's it for chapter nine of the Word Weaver podcast. As always, you can find the show notes at louiseclairjohnson.com slash podcast. You can follow along or feel free to ask questions on Instagram at wordweaverpodcast. If you like what you heard today, feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps more people find out about the Word Weaver podcast. Until next time. I had a way with